Coming up on today's Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, ever wondered how the D-backs position group stacked up against the rest of the NLS? Well, that's what we're doing on today's podcast, power ranking the lineup, the rotation, and so much more on today's Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. I'm Miller Thomas, host of this wonderful podcast. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24, themyportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account or just look up Locked On Dimebacks, both Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, Thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. But on today's podcast, we're still, I mean, it's early January. The offseason still is a couple months before being over, but most of the big moves are over. I mean, there could still be a big trade that happens, but really there's no big time free agents left. Like there's the, the, the Trey Mancini's of the world, the Nelson Cruz's of the world, the Andrew Schaffen's of the world, but there's not really a lot of big time free agents. So I think at this point in the offseason, it's okay to look at the rosters in the NOS and see how the D-backs stack up against each NLS team. So we're going to power rank the lineups, the rotations, and so much more. And we're first going to start with the lineup. And basically, my criteria for power ranking each team was how many MVP candidates do you have in your lineup? How many all-star level players do you have in your lineup? And then how many players do you have that were considered that I would consider above average in your lineup? So going through each team in the NL West, we're going to start with the number one team, the number one lineup in the NL West, according to my own little criteria. I believe the best lineup in 2023 from the NL West will be the San Diego Padres for the first time in, what, a few years, maybe many years, maybe a decade. You could say the Dodgers don't have the best lineup entering the season because last year it was easily the Dodgers when you had Ed Freeman, they had Trey Turner, you had Cody Bellinger, you had uh, Max Muncy coming off a great season, you had Chris Taylor coming off an all-star season, but in 2023, I look at the Padres, their MVP type players, Manny Machado, Juan Soto, and eventually, if he stops injecting illegal drugs into his body, Fernando Tatis Jr. should also join the San Diego Padres, so you got at least three MVP level players, and then Bogarts, I mean, he's at least an all-star level player. You can make the argument he should be an MVP level player. It just, when you see Tati Soto Machado, it's like Bogarts isn't as good as those guys, but from the all-star level players from the San Diego Padres, I said Bogarts and Jake Cronenworth, and it's like Bogarts is way better than Jake Cronenworth. So he's in between an all-star and an MVP level player because Bogarts is someone that has gotten MVP shares throughout his career, and one season, I think in 2019, finished fifth in MVP voting. So he is an MVP candidate as well, but Machado, Soto, and Tatis can 
actually win the MVP. Meanwhile, Cronenworth is an all-star level player, been an all-star in back-to-back seasons, just not as good as Xander Bogart. So they got at least five really damn good players I like. And then after that, the rest of the lineup is pretty average. Like I think Hassan Kim, I think Trent Grisham, all those guys are average. But if you have three and a half MVP type players and another all-star level player, you're going to have the best lineup in your division. Look at the Los Angeles Dodgers. I got them number two in my power ranking because Edson Freeman are still MVP type players. Mookie Betts is still one of the best players in Major League Baseball. Still a defensive stud. Can still do so much for you at the plate. Freddie Freeman as well. I mean, there might not be a more pure contact hitter in Major League Baseball than Freddie Freeman. I mean, I, I'm going to bet... I'm going to go to bet online and place five bucks on him batting over 300 next season because that seems like a guarantee. So they got at least two MVP type players. Then I'll say Will Smith is an all-star level player because Will Smith arguably might be the best offensive catcher in baseball. He's an absolute stud. And then Max Muncy is above average. He could play like an all-star, but he was coming off a really down season by his standards. Chris Taylor, another guy, could play like an all-star, but coming off a down season by his metrics. And J.D. Martinez also could be an all-star, but another down season by his metrics. But at least all three of those players, I would say, are above average, right? So you got Betson Freeman as your MVP type player. You got Will Smith as your all-star level player. And then you got Muncie, Taylor, and J.D. as above average players with potential to maybe be all-stars but I think there's just so much more talent in that Padre lineup I think they have a higher ceiling that's why I have them number one over the Dodgers now this is where the list starts to get controversial because number three I got our Arizona D-backs because MVP type players I still have Ketel Marte run down he's coming off a down season so maybe he should be downgraded to just all-star level player but I'm going to be biased on this one admittedly so I'm putting Marte down as an MVP level player I'm going to give another biased answer because the sample size was small and he hasn't yet proven it. He hasn't yet proven it out over the course of a full season, but all-star level player, I'm saying right now, Corbin Carroll is going to be an all-star level player. Maybe he doesn't make the all-star team, but if he's like a 2020 guy with 280 average and like an 810 OPS, that's an all-star level player. Then I think above average, you could say Christian Walker, right? Easily above average. I think you say Lords Goriel's above average player because he's been a guy prior to this past season, right around 800 OPS with around 20 home runs. Just a good offensive player, can play a bunch of positions. I think he's above average player. I would say Jake McCarthy's an above average player if we're getting the Jake McCarthy that we saw from last year. Then another guy who I'm going to, maybe I'm a little early to the party, but I'm saying Gabriel Moreno is an above average player as well. So that's four above average players you can make their argument for for the D-backs. And could even make the case for Josh Rojas as well, because if I think Jake McCarthy is an above average player, and maybe you think Josh Rojas should be an above average player as well. So for the D-backs, it's probably a little bit biased because I watch his team every day. So for me to say Marte's an MVP, Carroll's an all-star, and then they have four to five above average players. Yeah, that could be a little biased, but I do believe in this team. I do think their lineup is going to be pretty good next season. Number four, I got the San Francisco Giants, of course. Y'all know I'm not the biggest San Francisco Giants fan, and looking at their lineup once again, I was like, okay, it's not as bad as I maybe imagined in my head, and it does have potential to be better than the D-backs lineup. Let me not, let me not just trash on this Giants lineup. I don't think it's as bad as maybe I once thought, but I still think the D-backs lineup is slightly higher because. Listen, even if you don't think Marte's an MVP-level player, there's definitely no MVP-level players in the Giants lineup 
at least Marte has shown the ability before in 2019 and 2021 that he could potentially be an MVP level player. I would say all-star talent. The Giants have Jock Peterson and Mitch Hanniger, who do have all-star level talent. And then J.D. Davis and Michael Conforto are above average players that could potentially play like all-stars as well. So the Giants might have four all-star level players, which would be a lot more than the D-backs have all-star level players. But I have bigger questions around like Michael Conforto than I have of any of the D-backs position players because Michael Conforto did not play Major League Baseball last year. He was not, he, he was injured prior to the offseason and just never got signed. So how good is Conforto going to be after taking a year off baseball? Mitch Haniger, I like him. I think he's good, but he's someone that has dealt with a lot of injuries um, last year. So how healthy is he going to be? I just think there's more questions in the giant slap than in the d-back slap and maybe that makes me biased and i do i do think it's close but i'm putting the d-back slide up slightly higher than the giants and then easily easily the worst lineup in the nl west is the colorado rockies because they have no mvp players chris bryant i don't think is an mvp player at this point of his career but i do think he's still an all-star and a really good player so he is an all-star level player and I would even say CJ Cron is an all-star level player even if his numbers might be a little bit inflated by Coors Field I'll still say he's an all-star level player because he does put up great numbers across the board and then you can make the case that maybe a Brendan Rodgers is above average you can maybe make the case that Ryan McMahon is above average too I'm not going to make the case I won't argue for those players but you could make the case if you're a Colorado Rockies fan so to recap Padres best lineup in the NL West they just got the most talent I think most MVP level players and they got Bogarts and Cronenworth who are definitely all-star level players as well Dodgers number two probably for the first time in years Betts and Freeman are MVP level players Will Smith is an all-star a bunch of above average guys so maybe they could be better than the Padres lineup but I just love how deep the top of that Padres lineup is I mean when you look at a top four when they're all back and healthy, if Tatis, Soto, Machado, and Bogarts, like that is just scary. D-backs are third. I mean, I'm probably a little biased here, but if you got McCarthy, Rojas, Carroll, Thomas all in your lineup, like that could be 100 steals or more right there. So I think the D-backs are just going to wreak havoc on the bases. And I think they're going to score more runs than this Giants lineup, who I just have question marks with the J.D. Davises and the Mitch Hanegers and the Michael Confortos. Like, Jock Peterson's really good. Mitch Hanegers could hit 40 bombs. Conforto and J.D. Davis could look like all-stars because they've looked like all-stars in the past when they both played for the Mets. But a lot of question marks around in that Giants lineup. And last but not least... The Rockies, who I'm just not a huge fan of entering 2023. And if you want to bet on who's going to have the best lineup in the NLS, you need to head to betonline.net because betonline.net is the number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. This was the last week of the regular season for the NFL, and my beloved Saints are going home. So it was my last chance to bet on the Saints I put money down on Chris Olave anytime touchdown on bet line and it cashed thank you bet line because there you could get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and world cup we've got it all at betonline.net and if you love sports podcasts you can find those at betonline as well we're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info in head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more 
BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the podcast. And now let's look at and power rank the best rotations in the NL West. And it's going to be the same criteria. How many Cy Young, how many Cy Young level players slash pitchers, of course, do you have in your rotation? How many all-star level pitchers? And then how many above average pitchers do you have in your rotation? And for this, for this exercise, I believe in my power rankings that the Dodgers have the best rotation in the NOS because Julio Urias has emerged as a potential Cy Young candidate with how he pitched last season. Now, the thing about this Dodgers rotation is I I was, I don't know how I missed this news or forgot about it, but Walker Bueller going to miss the entire season next year. So that's going to be a huge that's a huge wart for this Dodgers rotation. Walker Bueller's a stud. He's arguably their best or second best pitcher when he's right. But even without Walker Bueller, got Julio Urias, who's a Cy Young candidate. And then Gonsolin and Kershaw are definitely all-star level pitchers. I think Dustin May is above average like this. Dodgers rotation is still going to be super deep. It's still going to be pretty damn good. They're still going to have like three to four guys who are going to pitch like all-stars or better. So even though they're going to be out Walker Bueller, I still think that's one of the best rotations in baseball. And I still think it's the best rotation in the NL West. And Noah Syndergaard, I mean, maybe last year was the, his, I believe last year was his first year post-injury. So maybe this year, another year removed, he's even better for that Dodgers team. We'll see what happens there. But even if they don't get an elite Noah Syndergaard, they still have the best rotation in the NL West. Number two, I think is the San Diego Padres because you got Joe Musgrove and Yu Darvish, who I think are both Cy Young level players. So the Padres have more Cy Young level players than even the Dodgers. But after that, I'm not sure they have more all star level players or even players with who I would consider a, a really high level ceiling type pitcher because Blake Snell, he has won a Cy Young award in the past, but at this point of his career, I don't even know if he's an all-star level pitcher. He had a really good year last year, but I think I'm more inclined to say he's above average than an all-star level pitcher. I'm not too sure about that. Blake Snell can definitely prove me wrong. He looked pretty good last year, but the first year in San Diego, the first year in San Diego, he did not even look like a number five starter in Major League Baseball. So Blake Snell, I need a little bit more of proof of concept before I say you're an all-star level pitcher. And then Nick Martinez. He can be above average, too, if he re- repeats his success from last year. But he only had like 10 starts last year. This wasn't a 30-star guy. And Seth Lugo is projected maybe to be their number start, their number five starter. So it's like I love Musgrove and I love Darvish as potential Cy Young candidates. But after that, I'm like, ah, I don't really love the ceiling of this team. Maybe Blake Snell could be an all-star level pitcher. But I don't think I love the Nick Martinez and the Seth Lugos of the world. I don't really love any of these pitchers after a Darvish and a Musgrove. So even though they're number two, I don't. I think there's a big drop off after the Musgroves in this rotation. Number three, I got the San Francisco Giants. I was fair on this one. I got the Giants number three here. You got a Cy Young candidate, of course, and Logan Webb. And listen, 
The D-backs are going to check in at number four in these power rankings, and they're still very close to the Giants in terms of how their rotation stacks up because, let me continue, Logan Webb, Cy Young Candidate, Ross Stripling, and Alex Cobb, Alex Cobb, I would say, are above average, but I don't think they have any all-star level pitchers after Logan Webb. I think Stripling and Cobb are above average, but they're definitely not all-star levels. Like, Stripling is like 39 years old. Alex Cobb has been in Major League Baseball for a very long time, and Sean Manaya can be above average. He can even maybe pitch like an all-star, but he has to show it first. He did not have a good season last year in San Diego, so right now, I would say he's average at best. Then you have the D-back checking in at number four, like Gallon, Cy Young Candidate, matches up with Logan Webb. Kelly is above average. I think he's better than a Ross Stripling or Alex Cobb. But after that, there are just more question marks in this D-backs rotation than I think in the Giants rotation, as the Giants at least have veterans with the Maniahs, the Del Scafanis, the, Al- the Alex Woods of the world. Those guys, maybe you have a question on their ceiling versus floor, but you at least have a general idea what you're going to get from those guys. With the D-backs after Kelly, I think a Ryan Nelson and Dre Jameson have a higher ceiling than... Uh, you know, uh, Alex Wood, Adele Scafani, but we have to see it over the course of a full season. And then you got Davies and you got Madison Bumgarner in the back end of your rotation. Like, there's just more question marks of this D backs rotation than the Giants rotation. But I do think the D backs rotation has a higher ceiling than the Giants rotation. But until that's proven out, you got to put the Giants third. And then the Rockies are easily the fifth best rotation in the NL West. Sorry to Colorado Rockies fans. I don't think. Any of their starters are that good, to be honest. But I'll say, I'll say this. Hermaine Marquez and Kyle Freeland are at least above average pitchers because if you look at their splits, they're legit when they're not pitching at Coors Field. Like their numbers on the year were like above a six-year rate or something like that. But if you just split it home versus away, I think Kyle Freeland had like below a 3-2 ERA, same with Hermaine Marquez. Like, they looked like legit number three starters, maybe low-end number two starters in your rotation when they're pitching outside of Coors Field. So because of that, I don't think the Rockies have any Cy Young candidates in their rotation. I don't think they have any all-star candidates in their rotation. But I don't think Freeland and Marquez are bad pitchers. They just need to get out of Coors Field to really show their stuff. So to recap, Dodgers still the best rotation, still the deepest. Julio, Gonsolin, and Kershaw are all going to pitch like Cy Young level or all going to pitch like all-star level pitchers with Julio potentially pitching like a Cy Young. I mean, Gonsolin was in the Cy Young award race last year, but I didn't really take him too seriously. And then Dustin May coming back another year removed from injury. He could look pretty damn good. He was really good before he got hurt with the Dodgers um, in 2021. So watch out for Dustin May being the X factor in that rotation. Padres, Musgrove, Darvish, Blake Snell, I think once again will be an X factor for that team because they traded him to be uh, like one of the best number threes in baseball. And it's been a very up and down Padres career for Blake Snell. So he's going to be a huge X factor for that rotation. Giants are number three, but that's only because the D-backs have so many questions in their rotation. And then so if Ryan Nelson and Dre Jamison, if that's small sample size, If we start to expand that over the course of 150 innings and it's sustainable and it holds up, D-backs rotation, I think, then crushes the Giants rotation with the Rockies rotation being locked in at number five. And if you need a little snack after, let's say, the gym, because that's what I like to do after the gym, I like to get a snack in, preferably the time protein. And the best snack that you can get that's high in protein but it's low in sugar, low in calories, 
but tastes great, you gotta get yourself a built bar because if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you get a built bar that's covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And the thing with built bar is you always thought that you had to get it at built.com. Like I always talk about ordering your built bars right at built.com. Guess what? You don't have to do that anymore. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or a Sam's Club. That's right. Built bars are on the shelves now. No more just online ordering for built bars. You can actually walk into a store and pick one up. So head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of built bars. You can pick up a four you can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're so close to Sam's Club, just run in and grab a 13 bar box with our hit flavors brownie batter and churro you can thank me later you can thank me later so go to your nearest walmart or a sam's club to pick up a built bar Now we're going to wrap up the podcast by looking at the bullpens in the NL West. And I believe the best bullpen still next season will be the Los Angeles Dodgers. None of these teams really have like an elite closer or go-to closer outside of like the Padres, I guess, with Josh Hader. Like the Giants had Duvall last year. I mean, the Rockies have Daniel Bard, but none of them really are elite. And Josh Hader... If you look at his numbers with the Padres, weren't very good. So I do think the Dodgers have the best bullpen because they seem to be the best at calling people up from their farm system and developing guys. They always seem to have, um, they just know how to get the best out people in their bullpen. They just know how to extract the most talent from their bullpen guys. So I'm going to have the Dodgers number one. I like the Bruce Star Gratterals. I, I know I just butchered his name. Bruce Star Gratterall. I like him in the bullpen. He's a flamethrower. You got Evan Phillips out there. You got, who else do you have? Alex Vesia out there. Um, I just think it's a pretty solid bullpen all around, and I think it's a pretty deep bullpen. They got a lot of dudes you can trust, so I would say the Dodgers have the best bullpen in the NOS. I would probably have the Padres number two just because I'm going to bet on the Josh Hader bounce back season. And then some of the other guys in their bullpen I think are still pretty good, like the Robert Suarez's of the world, the Luis Garcia's of the world, the Chris Matts of the world, the Tim Hills of the world. I think the Padres have like five guys that I trust in that bullpen as well. So I'll probably have them number two. Number three, I'll probably have the San Francisco Giants because Camilo Doval, he had a pretty good season last year as the closer. Giants have both Rodgers brothers, both Tyler Rodgers and Taylor Rodgers. I think the overall ceiling of the Giants bullpen just slightly lower and a little bit less depth than the Dodgers or Padres bullpen. So that's why I have them at number three. Number four, I actually have the Colorado Rockies because I'll give them a little credit for pitching in Coors Field. Daniel Bard, I mean, if he was the D-backs closer, I would be ecstatic about that. They still have a, you know, they still have some interesting arms in the Pierce Johnsons and the Den and the Denelson Lamets of the world and some other guys in that bullpen that could be pretty trustworthy for this Rockies team in 2023 because compared to this D-backs bullpen, I mean, Outside of Mantiply and Kyle Nelson's, like you're going to be rolling the dice with the Miguel Castros and the Kevin Ginkles and some of those guys had good seasons last year, but 
in terms of being trustworthy, like they're just there's no bullpen in the NOS that I trust less than the D-backs. Like in terms of trustworthy arms in the bullpen, I think the D-backs have the least amount of that. Now, maybe a Ryan Nelson or something doesn't pitch in the rotation and is a bullpen arm. That could increase the ceiling of this D-backs bullpen. The D-backs did switch up their philosophy by trying to add more power arms and flame and flamethrowers in their ro- in, in their bullpen. But I still don't think the ceiling of the bullpen is that high. I think it should be slightly better for them in 2023, but they're still probably going to have a bottom 10 bullpen in Major League Baseball next season. Now, if the D-backs get a league average bullpen or like the 18th best bullpen in Major League next season, then this D-backs team will be a fringe wildcard contender. Like if the D-backs just repeat the lineup and the run scoring and the rotation from last year in terms of production and then add the 18th best bullpen, that will push the D-backs into fringe wildcard contention area. So I would be very glad to see the D-backs move up that high, but you never know considering how this D-backs bullpen has performed the last couple years. I don't have any faith in this D-backs bullpen currently, which is, I think, fair considering how they pitched the last couple years, but they can at least get league average, and I think it would be enough to push the D-backs bullpen and this overall team into fringe wildcard contention. Now, that's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Come back, I think, on Wednesday for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. We didn't talk to Sully Baseball of Locked on MLB today, but we should be doing that on Tuesday. So come back on Wednesday to hear that crossover. Thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. Go make your second listen of the day, the Locked on MLB Prospects podcast with our friend Lindsey Crosby, who just crushes it, knows Every prospect from pretty much every farm system in Major League Baseball. So he is just a wealth of knowledge. So catch his podcast. Thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. Come back on Wednesday for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Deuces.